0: Um, UMGoBlue.com, by fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the um, UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with...
1: Andy Anderson.
0: And we have the very good job this week of discussing Michigan's surprising thumping of BYU by a score of 31 to nothing... For one day in the big house, it was, all was well, it was, it was just like the good old days. And, uh, well, Andy, what do you have to say about that game?
1: Well, I was really happy, and I wasn't very sure, I wasn't real sure that Michigan was going to clean their clock like they did. I thought it would be a very close game, with a field goal maybe being the difference. The opposition, BYU, the Cougars, didn't seem to be, on that day, on the right page. They didn't play a very good game. Part of that's because Michigan's physicality. Michigan had superior talent at most position groups. And it was just a fine Michigan day. Those people on defense were really hitting. Tackling was pretty good. Jake Rudolph, they had a decent game probably the best he's had at Michigan. And they made some changes to run him out of bounds instead of throwing the ball up there for grabs. Uh, he played well. Everybody did. Uh, two guys, uh, Garbo, who I talked to afterwards, had a little interview there. And he he is a very personable young man, was very happy uh, with the fact that he had made that catch and had become a United States citizen, so it was kind of a very happy day for the lad and that Michigan one, of course. So, what did you think?
0: Well, Andy, you know that I'm—I uh, was—I'm re- very happy to be eating crow about that game. <laughs> Heading into it, I really thought that our offense was going to struggle to keep up with BYU, and and I did not expect our defense to contain them like that. So, you know, here I come in the game expecting a real tough game for Michigan, and and again, I I expected a loss. And instead, it was a complete thumping, a complete domination. Now, as I've said before, I love to be wrong, but I had no idea we were going to see that.
1: And it wasn't just the football team; it was the coaching. The offensive plan was magnificent. They introduced things that hadn't been there before. The defense was as physical as you could ask it to be. I think they put five uh, uh, BYU players out on the side of the line with uh, with injuries. They they played a rough game. They played they played the quote unquote Michigan football, Harbaugh football. And the coaching, I thought that they coached as a unit. I didn't see any deficiencies in the coaching. We didn't even have many questions to ask afterwards. Why did you do this? Why was? Why did this happen? Why did you call this? Everything seemed to flow good, and that was one of the better games we'll probably see him play this year.
0: You know, Andy, the thing that surprised me, besides the the dominating outcome, was. And, and this is one of the things that I had said heading into that game. You know, we had seen three games from Jake Ruddock. And frankly, he hadn't been very spectacular. The offense hadn't been very spectacular. And then he came out and really had an amazing game. Now, there's no doubt that Darbo, you know, definitely, uh, you know, helped get things started with that amazing catch. And, and Devion Smith had had an amazing run. But as you mentioned, I mean, Ruddock really was a revelation. I mean, we had not seen him be as efficient, be as in control of the offense. You know, I I tried to to ask Coach Harvall a question about what, you know, what would he attribute that to? And, And, you know, Coach was typically opaque as usual. Um, well, you know, so offensive. what do you think? I mean, what do you think was the big difference watching Ruddock this game versus the last the last two or three?
1: Well, I thought he could establish a little offensive rhythm. They could run the ball, and also they called patterns that were different, things that were different. When Darbaugh caught that touch down, uh, in the end zone, he was there by himself. It wasn't any, there weren't any other players by him. If uh, Ruddick had missed that throw, it would have been terrible. And that came because it was something unusual that hadn't been called before. So he had a better package to work with, and it certainly was a package that absolutely fit his skills and what he can do. Uh, he, he's not going to be a Heisman winner at any point. But I think the kid can, can get you some victories. Uh, he does have some talent. We kind of underrate that because of the obvious errors that he's made. And if he can quit throwing interceptions and hit a receiver downfield once in a while and get the ball in the hands of the short people, the people, uh, the short patterns, he's going to have a decent year. At some point in time, at the end of the year when things are turning around we might even say that we miss him. So he he started with a cloud over his head and uh he's had a little rain on him, but I think he's gonna see some some nice games in the future. What do you think?
0: I think I was completely surprised at you know how well the offense looked um, listen, I, I'm pleasantly surprised. You know, I think we're really deep at running back. Coach mentioned that in the postgame. I think that Darbo is living up to the potential that he's had for the last couple of seasons. You know, he, he had a tough break a couple of seasons ago. He missed an entire season getting hurt early. And he's always been on the verge. And it appears that he, you know, he has established himself as the the dominant downfield threat with Jake Butt being the the intermediate to short threat. I have to tell you, the, the thing that struck me watching this team was it wasn't just that they were good, they looked dangerous. And it's the first time that, the first time since we had Denard, that I really thought, you know, we, you know, now obviously a lot of things have to come together, but it's the first time that I looked and I said, you know what, we could we could bite some people. Now, realistically, you know, you know, we know that you know this is not going to be a team that that you know rolls in and and rocks Michigan State and Ohio State. But I feel a lot better than I did, you know, watching those first three games. So
1: I'm. I feel a lot better about Utah. Utah's a lot better team than I thought they were when we played them because they beat uh, Oregon 60-20, to 20 and that's no easy task. I don't know where that was, but I think it was a home game for Oregon. Yeah, that that's not easy to do. So uh, Utah is a much better team than we thought, and we've only lost by a touchdown there. Uh, Michigan State beat Oregon by three. You can't tell anything. From that, but anyway, it gives you a little hope that maybe, uh, maybe Michigan isn't going to be so bad after all. But they got a big barrier to break against Northwestern. Northwestern is a serious threat this year, both offensively and defensively.
0: Well, we'll well, hold on, hold on, we got a game before them.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true, man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I should hold on. The turtle, or terrapins, uh, um, got whipped pretty bad. This, this West Virginia really laid one on, on them. And so they're going to be festering. It's going to be a night game there in that atmosphere. And for this, for recent Michigan teams, that's been a real barrier to success with the possible exception of the Notre game. Game game that they won at night in Michigan Stadium. So, Maryland will be out for blood. Everybody is. When Michigan shows up, they bring out their best game. Then they got a few weapons. And uh, they may be uh, pretty, pretty much embarrassed by West Virginia. So, that'll be a tough game. And it's a Big Ten opener. We need it badly. And like you know, our the, boss.
0: You, next, you know, the big thing said, we need to see is that. And again, we kind of have to reconsider the Utah game, you know, and what's happened since. But it's been a while since Michigan has gone out and played really well on the road. I think that you could say that, I mean, we came close versus Ohio State last year. But game in and game out, it, it was under Brady Hoke. It was night and day between home and away. So it'll be interesting. Like you said, really, we can look at this and think that Michigan should, could really go in there and, and dominate. Can they do it? You know, it's, it'll be, be very interesting. I mean, if Michigan can follow up the BYU game with a solid victory, um, you know, I feel pretty good about them coming home against Northwestern. Now, again, I don't want to dismiss anybody. We are not that great to dismiss anyone. But, you know, Maryland's up. And, like you said, it's a night game. There's a lot of distractions. It'll be interesting to see how this team deals with success. Because 31 to nothing at halftime, that's a success. That is a stunning, resounding success, considering where this program has been the last few years, to basically have a ranked team come into the big house and just get the snot kicked out of them. So... I'm interested to see how they deal with that success moving forward.
1: I think is going to give them a hard edge, and I think they're going to play as hard away from home as they did at home. I never did like, uh, I liked Brady Hulk a lot, I have to say that. He was a nice guy, a friend, and all that. But I talked to him once and mentioned away games, and he, re- he reacted like a fan, sort of. They missed Michigan Stadium, and it's just not the same and all that. And I thought, I thought, no wonder you guys can't handle the away games. And this Harbaugh, Harbaugh has a, a whole different demeanor and edge to him. He's not going to go down that road. He's going to say, do your job no matter where you are and do it as hard and best you can whether it's at home or whether it's away or whether it's in the night or whether it's in the day. Do your job. Do it right. Play hard. Represent me, you know. He just had a harder edge than Brady did. Brady was uh, very much a player's coach. I think Harbaugh is, to a degree, if you produce, he's a player's coach. If you don't produce, you sit. And that hard edge is going to help them. And I'm kind of Predicting that they'll whack Maryland, I believe that they
0: will, but who knows? You know, it's funny that you mentioned talking to Brady Hoke about away games, and I remember, you know, they had that that open practice at Michigan Stadium last year, uh-huh. and you know, the Hoke was, well, it's going to help the team prepare, and and I asked him point blank. I said, you know, Coach, really. What you really need is you really need more practice for away games. You know, have you thought about moving a practice somewhere just so you could go through the motions of, you know, because obviously, again, yes, the opponents were different, but really, it was night and day. The team, you know, home and away under Hulk.
1: You you did.
0: And Don't and the thing the thing that he said is he said, well, you know, we did do that. We. You know, prior to the Alabama game, we practiced at Ford Field, and that worked out great. And I, I mean, you could have, you had to scrape my jaw off the floor. I mean, they got destroyed against Alabama. And it was one of those things where every now and then a coach tells you something, and and you, you, you really don't have the chance to do a redirect or ask him what the hell he was thinking. But that was one of those times where I was wondering what the heck he was thinking. I mean, yeah, it worked out great against Alabama, and he said it with no irony. Just, yeah, it was a great practice. And I'm like, dude, did you not see what happened during the game? And, and, And I guess, you know, that's the thing. I mean, we're looking for what's different under Coach Harbaugh. And, you know, I said it. You know, ad nauseum that heading into the season, he had the same problems. Hoke had. He had questions at quarterback and questions at of offensive line. Well, the offensive line is doing just fine. This is the first game where Ruddock really was was uh, efficient and got the job done, and, and you know just just got it done. And the defense looks amazing. So. You know, what do you think heading in these next couple games? Granted that you can't take anyone for granted, but, I mean, it's starting to get very interesting. Whereas, after the first three games, I really thought we we were in a very deep rebuilding mode. And you see how good they look against BYU, and like I said, you start thinking that they could really cause some problems for people.
1: They're finally discovering some playmakers. That run by De'Veon Smith it is as good a run as I've ever seen a back a back do like that. When he burst out of that pile, you couldn't even see him coming out of that pile without television. All of a sudden, he's secured running downfield with a single guy chasing him. Uh, that was a, a beautiful experience. and they, they they broke long, what was it, 76 yards that uh, Ty Isaac did? Uh, from scrimmage. So, they've opened some big plays that must break Fitz Toussaint's heart to see that, to watch that on television when he had to struggle so much with a funky offensive line.
0: You know, the thing that I think is that watching, watching Michigan come together, and the other thing that really, that I really appreciated watching Saturday was, that you had the offensive line blocking, you had the wideouts blocking, you really had things coming together on multiple levels. To where, and, and the question I really wanted to ask Coach is, you know, is this what you envisioned the offense to be when you came here? And you know that, that he would say, well, we can always get better, blah, blah, blah. But what I saw against BYU was, as you said, And uh, and, uh, the evolution of what was used to be Michigan football. And kind of you could see the gears coming together for, wow, if we had a couple pieces here and everybody keeps improving, this could be, this could, this will be a very interesting couple years. And I guess my point is that for ever since Coach has showed up, ever Coach since Harbaugh showed up, Everybody's been talking about how great Michigan could be and how fast they will turn around. Last game was the first time we saw the real evidence of it.
1: And what you saw was improvement, <laughs> which we didn't see under the two prior regimes. There was actual improvement on both sides of the ball. And special teams you no slouch now either. And the real
0: and, and you know the reality is is that this may be the only time. Again, we don't know. Maybe the only time this this rears its ugly head, right? But the point is, is that you can see it now. You you now have something to point back to to go. Oh, I get it. I see how it can work. And again, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with success. You know, they've they've returned to the to being ranked in one of the polls. And. 22. I really think that Michigan is becoming as interesting on the field as they've been off of the field since Harbaugh was hired. And it's been a long time. I mean, I would say that Michigan really wasn't compelling on the field since we had Denard.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now they're developing playmakers. they so got them, and Jabril Peppers is no slouch either. Uh my heart stops every time he catches a punt. I think, oh, no, he's going to take a shot and maybe get hurt. But he does a fantastic job of feeling fielding that punt. Remember back when we had Jeremy Gallen for his first couple of years and the ball would go through his arms and hit the ground? Uh, Jeremy turned into a really good punt returner and receiver. His last couple years, but when he started, he was rough. This guy will be running away from the ball and catch it over, catch the punt over his shoulder and try to run it. He did that in this game, last game we saw. So he's a fantastic, a fantastic athlete. And he's gonna get nothing but better. If he can avoid injury, he's gonna be right up there with the best of them at his position. They play him all over. You know, he's in on a lot of plays, and he plays more plays than anybody else on the team or he has in past games recently. So they're developing players. They're developing the team. And the coaches seem to be on the wrong page. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to make mistakes, that they're not going to make a bad call or call the wrong play or stuff like that. That, that can happen, but these guys know what they're doing and it obviously demonstrates on the field that they do. And it's not it's Drevno and every other one of the assistants has impressed me. The special what's the special team guy's name, I can't remember. But anyway, he's been good. Baxter yeah. has been good. So uh you things know. are looking up
0: You know, Andy, the thing I'll say about that is is I used to be a huge special teams guy. It used to be my number one gripe. And that was toward the latter end of the Lloyd Carr era. Um, Because, I mean, if you go back and look, with the exception, you know, basically Michigan's philosophy on special teams under Lloyd Carr was throw an incredible athlete out there and let him do amazing things which was great when you had a Woodson or a Desmond Howard. But really, I, I again, I used to bag on special teams a lot. Well, unfortunately, in the last seven years, the Rich Rod era and, the, and the, the Hulk era, while special teams were not stellar, they were the least of our problems. So, yes, I'm excited that our special teams are better, but what I'm really excited about is that you know, you can see things coming together on offense and defense. So, I, uh, I I'm just so pleased that that the offense looks like it's finding its feet. So
1: we got, we got to remember, there's not a lot of depth there. That uh, there are places in that team that are very vulnerable. If you know anything untoward happens to one of the key players, like quarterback, right. Like quarterback, who are you going to have that's got any experience? You haven't got anybody back there. And this is one thing that I kind of wonder about, and I'd like to ask him about it sometime. Is why doesn't he have anybody that they're going to play? Well, Spice they did play once, but what do you get? uh, Five or six snaps.
0: And again, I guess that's the gripe is that you know the game was over at halftime, and. Would anybody really have complained if Rodock came out and did a series in the third quarter and then took the day off?
1: No, and it would have been easier to explain why they didn't score a touchdown in the last half if they had a uh, you know an understudy quarterback in there. So, so that's so the I, thing
0: I struggle with. On one hand, Harbaugh says that Rodock is head and shoulders above everybody. Well. If he's heading shoulders above everybody, don't you want to protect him when the game turns into garbage time? And isn't that the time that you want to get your other guys some reps? So, you know, my thing is, listen, I know a player can get hurt any time, but if Rennock got hurt in the fourth quarter of a 31-0 blowout, that would be a problem. And so, yeah, there's definitely some questions. So the point is, is that, you know, and let, and let me finish. So so basically, the way I read it is, oh, Ruddock needs all the reps he can get, right? Well, no, wait a minute. Yeah, okay, so wait. Either, either he's head and shoulders above everybody, or he's not. So I, I really hope we're not setting ourselves up for a... You know uh, what we saw with Denard when he got hurt against Nebraska, and you know it turns into a a a clown car. You know, um, so I really hope that that doesn't turn into. So I really hope it doesn't turn into that. So. Um,
1: I, I don't. I don't. Even though he's not saying somebody each there's These people are going to be better groomed quarterback position is going to be better coached. They went the prior regimes without a quarterbacks coach for how long? The O.C. was doing the quarterbacks. Nobody with them all the time. I, we, we railed about that the whole time. He's going to have people better groomed even if they don't have game experience. They're going to be better groomed, but we, you just have to wonder why they're not getting any Game experience. It's got to be that he wants to see Ruddick get all the snaps he can get because he's going to need the experience in this program down the line when the pressure really gets on, and it's not yet.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with
1: Andy Anderson.
0: Go Blue.